Is it possible to be blind even though you can see? Or to see clearly even though you've become blind? We'll explore this today on The Bible Brief. Saul was ravaging the church. He'd held the coats as he watched that Jesus fanatic Stephen being stoned to death. Serves him right, he may have thought, before going to the priests for a new assignment. Saul had seen the blood of one of these Jesus followers, and he was ready to help bring more to justice. It consumed his mind. After all, they were not against him, but against God. They were making wild claims that God actually became a man. That God himself would be a human. Ludicrous. They could hardly be called Jews with thinking like that. Didn't they know that no one can see God? Didn't they know that God was wrapped in glory and light? Didn't they know that only the most righteous could approach God? And here they were claiming that God had actually walked among them. And worst of all, that the righteous priests were responsible for the death of Jesus. Despicable people, immoral people, they deserved what was coming. They even had the audacity to say that Jesus had fulfilled the law of Moses. That law that God had given the people so long ago. That law that he'd spent his whole life working to follow. From his earliest youth, he was trained and educated to ensure that he would be one of those righteous few. One of the Pharisees who upheld the law like no one else ever had. Jesus wasn't even a Pharisee. He couldn't have followed the law. Saul Saul was doing God's work. And he would put these followers of Jesus in chains. And hopefully some in the grave, too. And yet... Was that what they wanted? Saul couldn't get Stephen out of his mind. That odd peace with which he died. Even asking God to forgive the people stoning him to death. He'd never seen someone die like that before. He'd never... Well, never mind. It didn't matter. Saul was in the business of vindicating God. And God didn't like these believers in Jesus. They were liars and blasphemers. And they deserved death. With the blessing of the priests, Saul was working a persecution campaign against the early church. Perhaps he saw this as a way to move up the ranks of the Pharisee sect. But whatever the reason, he was very motivated. We even have record of him going to the priests to request authorization to extend his campaign beyond Jerusalem into the other cities around Judea. He wanted to ensure that the Jewish gathering places in other cities were not polluted by this message of Jesus and he sought to bring any of these Jesus followers in chains back to Jerusalem to be judged by the priests. And we read this in the book of Acts, chapter 9. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This man, who is breathing threats and murder against the church, is headed for Damascus, about 200 miles north of Jerusalem. And it's on the way there that Saul's life changes forever. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. After falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do.
The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus, and the Lord said to him, Rise and look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. But the disciple answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So the disciple departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For Saul, this was quite the turn of events. He was going to Damascus to find the followers of Jesus, but on the way, he ends up meeting Jesus himself. And Jesus says to him, Why are you persecuting me? Saul knows that this could be none other than God who is appearing to him. And suddenly he sees that he has been mistaken the whole time. Jesus is God. The followers of Jesus hadn't been blaspheming. They had been declaring the truth about Jesus. He is actually God and Messiah. And then, through a disciple there in Damascus, God gives Saul his commission. This Jewish Pharisee is going to be God's tool to go before the Gentile nations with the gospel of Jesus. Saul's life is turned upside down. No longer would he be a tool of the priests to purify the Jewish community from the stench of these Jesus believers. Instead, Saul would be a tool for Jesus to bring the nations to the knowledge of the Jewish Messiah. The blessing not for Jews only, but the blessing for all the nations of the world. God made this great enemy of the church into his tool for proclaiming the gospel to grow the church. And immediately, Saul gets to work. Listen to this. For some days, Saul was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. And when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. By the end of his stay in Damascus, Saul's life was completely transformed. He went from persecutor to preacher, from denying Jesus to proclaiming Jesus, and from breathing threats to being threatened himself. Saul was now a follower of Jesus, and more than that, Saul was the final apostle, the last one in the New Testament that saw the risen Jesus and was directly commissioned by him for the purpose of gospel proclamation. Saul 
is the final apostle. Now, after a while, Saul comes back to Jerusalem, and he's excited to meet the other apostles, but let's just say they're less excited to meet him. You can imagine their thinking. Sure, Saul became a believer in Jesus, sure. Isn't this the guy who brought our friends in chains to Jerusalem from all over Judea? Isn't this the guy we saw at Stephen's stoning? Isn't this the one who ensured that we had to gather in more secretive locations to watch out for traitors in our midst? Saul became a believer? Sure. But someone intervenes on Saul's behalf. A man who becomes a longtime friend of Saul and a significant partner in Saul's mission to reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus. This man's name is Barnabas, and he courageously risks his own life and reputation by bringing Saul in front of the apostles so that Saul can share about his experience of Jesus on the road to Damascus. It says this, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who had spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So Saul went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Barnabas took a risk, and it paid off for the apostles. They learned the genuineness of Saul's faith in Jesus, and they discovered the earnestness with which he proclaimed the gospel in Damascus. Further, they saw with their own eyes how the great enemy of the church had become the last apostle. You can imagine their awe at this mighty work of God, turning the heart of a persecutor into a genuine believer, and making him not just a believer, but a courageous proclaimer of the name of Jesus. And so the apostles welcomed this last apostle into their fellowship, and he was able to go in and out among them in Jerusalem. Thanks to Barnabas, Saul was able to reconcile with the apostles, and they were able to work together to spread the gospel of the Messiah. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Despite the persecution, the church was multiplying. It had grown from just Jerusalem and was now all throughout Judea, multiplying everywhere. Jews all over had heard about Jesus and came to believe that Jesus was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. That seed of Eve, the seed of Abraham and the seed of David, who was the rightful king over Israel. The citizenry of the future kingdom was growing, and these Jews couldn't wait for the return of Jesus to finally take the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem. But before that would happen, something else was on God's agenda. You see, the blessing of the righteousness of God available through Jesus was not just for the Jews. No, remember the blessing of Abraham was meant for all the nations of the world. Join us next time as we see the gospel of the kingdom go global. We'll discover that the gospel is for Jews first, but also for the nations. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Have you donated to the Bible Literacy Foundation? We'd love for you to partner with us so that we can expand our reach and grow. Your support means more people will have access to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. The easy way to donate is to click the link in the show notes to this episode. Alternatively, you can go to our website, 
BibleLiteracyFoundation.com and click donate. Thank you for making this show possible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.